Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Sue Watson, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Oh, thank you. It's <laughs> now, nice to be in the Center of the Universe. Now, Sue, my first memories of growing up in Ashland have you in them. Oh, Lord. Yeah, so I was born in 68. When did you move to Ashland? We moved to Ashland in 70. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even two yet when you moved yeah, to, right. to Ashland. Uh, what part of town did you live in when you all first moved? <laughs> well, funny you should say, do you know the house that is the closest to the railroad tracks in Ashland? The closest to the, the railroad tracks. The closest to the railroad tracks that looks exactly like it did in 1970. Is it close to downtown Ashland? Not too far from down, a couple of blocks. Okay. Uh-huh. It's on the uh, east side of the tracks. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I generally know where you're talking about. Green you? asbestos shingle. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Th- that's that, where y'all moved That was to. the only house that we could find that was for rent Ah. Uh. in 1970. Okay. And Richie wanted to be able to ride his bicycle to campus. It, he, had a, he was going to teach English at the college. And so we rented that house. My parents walked in and thought, what in the world? <laughs> How old were y'all at the time? Um, well, we just gotten married in '69, so it was we got married in the summer of '69 and moved here then. Okay. No, we lived a year in Chapel Hill after we got married, so because he was finishing up his doctorate. Okay, gotcha. And then we came the next year. He did the interview and all that kind of stuff, and got a job in the English department. Okay. But. The first night, I mean, you couldn't go, every time a train would go by, it was like the train was coming into the house. Because I, I, I can't imagine you grew up near a railroad track, right? You didn't. Almost. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Those, those your first railroad track experience, I imagine. True. But first, anybody would ever have, if at, right now, if you wanted to have the closest railroad track experience in Ashland, you would spend the night in that house. <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. And they've done nothing to it. Yeah, it's the tracks, then the, the road, mm-hmm. and then a sidewalk, mm-hmm. and then a, a pretty tiny front yard. Mm-hmm. And then there's that the house. as far as I am to you. Yeah, it's not big at all. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah, there. I think there are rules against that I'm, these I days. I hope. Yeah. We can only hope. <laughs> How long are you there? One well, let's see, we came here in 1970, and we moved in, built, Bill and Eugenia Gibson lived mm-hmm. in the house next door to where we live now. And pa- parents of Candler and Miles. Correct. And they, um, there was a house on the lot that we lived in, and it burned down. Mm. And so Bill and Eugenia um, bought the lot and tore, I mean, it was, got rid of the burnt house. Right. And so we were became friends with Bill and Eugenia, and so they offered us the lot. I guess they were waiting to see who they could get for the next neighbors, which was very generous of them. We were lucky. And so we proceeded to build a house, which was very nice. And of course, we did, at the time, we had no children at all. And I think we had a, I don't even know if we had a dog, we had a cat, but that was it. And so we were not we were really lucky to get that wonderful lot and wonderful neighborhood and everybody they had a company it was interesting they had the neighborhood over for supper one night soon after we moved in and 
people were telling Ashlyn stories, and we thought, oh, <laughs> there's there are a lot of characters in this town, aren't there? <laughs> and they live close by, and they do. Yeah, true then and true now. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every memory I have of you is associated with that house, or I've always just associate you and Richie with that house. Yeah, and it's a great house. I mean, you know, Richie is, loves the yard, loves the garden. I love to enjoy what he does in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you know, it's very nice. I belong to the garden club, but he's the gardener. Well, you know, it works. That's, I think, ironic a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. But the neighborhood changes, too. I, it's wonderful to have Henry Clay over there across mm-hmm. the street and have children playing in the yard at weekends, summer, whatever. It's it's a good neighborhood. That's great. You did not grow up in Virginia, though. Where'd you grow up? Grew up in Wilson, North Carolina. What is Wilson known for? It was the world's greatest tobacco market. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if largest, but they called it greatest, so maybe the, well, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> it's a nice size, probably more than thirty or 40,000 oh, people. So pretty big relative uh-huh. to Ashland. Correct. Yeah. But um, my father's family had always lived there. And um, he, when they got married, they stayed there. And he had 10 brothers and sisters, oh most of whom still lived there. So I had 12 first cousins. And the family was very close. His fa- father had died when he was 18. So he and all of his the brothers, the men in the family, went to work pretty quick to pay for the daughters to go to college so they could be school teachers. Mm. The men did, you know, daddy started out in a service station and then became a trucking company, which oh, okay. which did well and we were lucky for that and he was and you know, there were lots nobody was boring in the family or is today. <laughs> which is you know mostly a good thing, I, oh, I imagine. Yes. Entirely I, good I, one good thing out of my father's story when I guess most girls, I don't know whether you did, Chris, but I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Chris Dahl is in the house with us tonight. Yes. <laughs> Always loved animals, you know, just forever. And like I'd get a, I remember the time we, I got um, ducks and chickens for Easter in, in the Easter basket, you know, Easter and all the Forbeses were coming for a barbecue. There was a truck driver barbecuing a pig out there and but it was on a Sunday and so I went to church when I got back I we played around with everything only in the next you know several weeks later did I learn that my English bulldog spot had gotten hold of some of the creatures that the Easter Bunny had brought me and so my father had to run out somewhere and find replacements while I was in <laughs> he's a good dad he, he was very good dad he also, I loved horses, and we would go to horse shows all over everywhere. And then I, my fifth grade teacher wrote on my report card, I'll be glad when Sue develops an interest in something other than horses. Oh, but Daddy loved golf, but he stopped playing golf when I was 10 and rode horses with me until I was 14, every Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. Wow. He's putting me to shame as a dad. Yeah, he should. Yeah. I mean, it was really, and there was, we had, I had a horse named Betsy, and he had a horse named Christmas, and our friend Choppy Fields, who owned this farm outside of town, boarded them all, and he also rode with us, so, you know, it was, that was, 
you could do that. And most of the men in the Forbes family rode horses and did just, you know, pleasure horses. They weren't. My Uncle Wiley's was five-gated, and he pranced around, but the rest of them were just... Were people riding horses in town kind of thing? Well, just you'd go out and get on the horses and then ride through the farms and the fields, and then you'd come to the road and go into Lafayette Drive and get some water and get back on the horse and go out again. Do you go back to Wilson much these days? Well, a lot of my uncles and aunts and my parents are dead, but my brother still lives there, and his... um, one daughter and there you know a couple of other cousins have moved back to town okay and you when we go to topsail beach we go through wilson okay and so we always make a stop at the burger boy which is this place still there it's still there okay daddy and a friend of his who went into the entertainment business and had a drive-in and a putt-putt the putt-putt's still there but the burger boy is still there and somebody else owns it now but we always have to go to the burger boy it's been around forever uh-huh and wow. then we go to parker's and get barbecue and go on carolina barbecue yes which is i'm from virginia but carolina barbecue oh, is the best the be- and yes it's wonderful so we always have to take that with the hush puppies and everything to thompson beach and then we have to stop back coming back and take it when we come back to ash oh of course yeah but anyway every so, time i drive through carolina or i go to carolina i'm always looking for carolina and barbecue. there are other places that you can get it but sort of sentimentally i feel like i have to do that yeah why would you mm-hmm. all right so horses i was going to ask you what it was like growing up in in wilson I mean, everybody didn't ride horses, although I will say one of my good friends who lived two doors down also rode with Daddy and me, and she left Wilson and married a doctor in Raleigh, and um, this Christmas it was funny because she has had three deaths in her family in the last six months, which is awful, but in her Christmas card to me, she (laughs) included a picture of Betsy and me, which was, I didn't even know she had it, you know, there. She's had that a while. She's had it quite a while, yes. No, but but it's interesting. We our Greensboro younger uh, granddaughter likes to ride, so she's taking oh, riding lessons. No jumping though. I, she does, but we these our horses didn't do any of that stuff. That's Virginia stuff <laughs> for showing off, kind of thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Makes it more stressful. So when you were like in middle school, high school, were you all about the academics, or did you have interest outside of school? I started taking dancing lessons when I was three. Oh, wow. That's unusual. Well, Mary Bell did. She did whatever. Her Uh mother was in Vaudeville, and she Uh was really good about making people look good on stage. And wonder how I've used that in my later life. We will talk about that. She um, was good about getting people comfortable on stage and you know learning enough to not make full well sometimes make fools of yourself (laughs) anyway um and she took us places like she drove us she went to the world's fair in new york city and she had a big station wagon and she'd drive a car full of kids we went to see carol channing and hello dolly and you know she and but you also when you went to see a play you went around to the stage door when it was over so you could get an autograph from the stars, which I have enjoyed doing that with our grandchildren. So you have a few autographs? Somewhere. I don't yeah. know where they are. <laughs> Linda Jackson we saw somewhere. I can't remember. Anyways, there are that, that habit um, is, is still in our life. In fact, for Thanksgiving, 
we're going to go. Jane Forbes' family lives in Greensboro, and so we're all going to go up to New York because I was determined that they're, her, the two girls, Emma Forbes and Susan, will get to see Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster and Music Man. And you all need to get his autograph if you can. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. he. <laughs> if we see a, a matinee, he probably doesn't meet and greet between that and the 8 o'clock show, it's but probably- he might. It's a, it's a big day for it's a, big a guy day. like that. Yeah, yeah but the, it's closing mid-January. So you did dance at, from the age of three, and it sounds like you also did some theater along the well, way. Well, not real theater. We just went to see plays. Okay, so you're, you're a connoisseur. I just, we just love it, yeah, and, you know, enjoy it. So when you were in high school, it was, it was all about the academics, and, and you, were you still dancing? Danced, yeah, danced till I graduated. We had stunt night in the high school, and so there would always always be some. The oh, this is not. This sounds bragging, but it doesn't mean that the quality you're, of my dancing is. You're just telling a story, so. Physical ed requirements at Duke. You had to take so much physical ed. Right. So I thought, well, this might be someplace that I could get an easy, good grade. <laughs> I had a couple of those classes. So I signed up for TAP. Okay. The lady called me into her office and said, you cannot take this class. You could teach it, but you cannot take it. Oh. That's my only academic experience like that at Duke, <laughs> let me say. It was not, you know, I thought I ought to get a break some somewhere. Yeah. It's not, not a bad thing to get You a had to take calculus to pass the math requirement. Nobody in Wilson had ever even heard of calculus. All these other kids were there, and they had had the same book and everything. Uh, we're going to talk about Duke in a second. So, <laughs> so when you say dance, you're talking about a lot of different forms of dancing. Yeah, but and, and I'm not saying that I was that good. I'm just saying that we all had fun dancing. And you enjoyed it. And, I, we and, had a good time. And you did a lot of it. So did probably, a lot of you it. You probably became pretty good at it. Well, you can probably ask some of my friends who do a tap number in the Ashland Musical Variety Show, and they will say that we do the same dance basically every show because they know, you know, they we've learned it. Right, I taught right, it to them, you know, right. and it's fun. All right, so... Duke University, and I'm going to try to contain myself and not say anything negative Thank about you. Duke University. Thank you. I would appreciate that. Um, I, I am, uh, I'll just say I went to a school that lost to them in basketball Recently. a lot. Well, uh, all the time, mm-hmm. uh, just about. Um, I will tell you, the four years I was there, we were fourth in the country, third in the country, and second in the country, and never first. And that was before Coach K. Yeah, it was Vic Bubas. It was in the 60s. Yeah, so they, they have a program that, that goes way back mm-hmm. And it was Coach fun, K. and I never missed a game in the four years I was there. At was Cameron. it crazy like that? Oh, the, yeah. The Cameron crazies were a thing back then. Yes. Well, they, I don't think that we called it that. Y'all, what you had to do was show your student ID and go in. And a lot of, not that many women because we were women were all on east campus and you had to take a bus to get over to cameron but um it was just too much fun not to go so i would I, it was it was the sport it was the event oh it was wonderful art art Heyman was the big star then and he was good yeah and they did well all right so i associate duke university with a lot of kids from the northeast these days was mm-hmm. it like that when you went there I wouldn't say just the Northeast. They were from all over the country. Okay. And that but, was true back then, too. Yeah, but I went. There were three of us from my high school That's, that went to, were in my class okay. at Duke, who were good friends and, you know, continued. One was a pediatrician in, 
in um, Raleigh, and the other one was at IBM before at the beginning of IBM, I guess. Duke is not an easy school to get into. No. It never has been. No, it's interesting because my mother's people lived two blocks from the Duke women's campus, so I was used to being there. We'd go visit them, and we'd go over on the campus and climb the magnolia trees and you know, tell stories and stuff. So it was really neat to be able to be two hours from my grandmother, who was a real musician. Had she been a man, she would have probably been a concert pianist, but she was mm. a woman, so she... Born um, too early. Taught, Born too soon. Taught piano in the, in, you know, in the living room. But that was fun, too, to be that close to her when someone like Arthur Rubenstein came, a very fine pianist. Right. Um, he could, she could come over and go to the concert with me. Was Duke your only choice? Is that the only place you wanted to go? Well, I, I think I applied to main, uh, mainly women's colleges in Duke and actually went to have an interview after I'd been accepted to talk to the admissions person. Do you think I'd really like it here <laughs> kind of thing? Just to, you know. And you did like it. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. We had all women's dorm. And you'd have freshman, sophomore, four years of women. And, and that was a good way to really make close friendships. And I still have really close friends from those four years at Duke, particularly women. Yeah. And it was interesting. I was thinking about that today because um, we were talking about the role of women and how women are we won't get political here, but there are lots of always issues that are different. And I was involved in what we call the YWCA, but had nothing to do with the gym where you go swim like Richie does in the Y here. Right. But um, it was the age of the feminine mystique and Betty Friedan was the book that came out and it talked about the way women are not treated, respected, or whatever as men are, and the dynamics between the sexes in a culture where, particularly, you know, people that do expected to go to get good jobs just like the the male students, because right. many of them were, I wasn't, but many of them were, you know, top students and everything else. So there was a lot of discussion within the women's community, not so much with the men. But that was interesting because it only got more so. I mean, the age of women's liberation, as we called it. Um, it was important to have those dialogues and with good women professors. Yeah. Well, and it, it's led to, from my perspective, culture where it feels more... Equi equitable. Equitable is a good word. Um, but maybe not perfect. Still not perfect. I think we still have a long way to go. I mean, no. you know... Well, we won't go in. <laughs> we could spend the rest of the day yeah. talking about the, and it depends on the dynamics of the relationships. All right. Uh, what did you end up majoring in at Duke? I really like the religion department. Duke has a divinity school that's really good, and I just happened to take whatever it was, religion, and the professors were really nice, and all of them invited you to their home, and just it was a very um, interesting dynamic in the classes and I thought my father was not too happy about paying the Duke tuition to, for me to be a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> it's it's not, a, not a cheap school. <laughs> no, no. And so um, I really majored in religion and English. Okay. To be an English teacher. So the idea was you were going to, you wanted to teach And English. I did, yeah, in okay. high school. 
And you did that right after graduating? Yeah, I went to student teaching and all of that. And that was good because there were some wonderful teachers. Duke was good about bringing in, I'm sure they still are today, people who, from all kinds of expertise, areas of expertise. And um, the, the, there's a wonderful chapel there, Duke Chapel, that has 150 people singing in the choir. And mm. they bring in very fine theologians and who's preaching. So, I mean, you get on the bus and go to hear the, the best preaching I've ever heard in my life. Or right. ever could have, they always did the Messiah every, every, you know, it's just a wonderful place to go and for that. And towards the end, and my class was not integrated, but the class after me, or Mimi Rubin was in it, and she was one of the first African-American students at Duke and was a friend in the Y board with me, her okay. parents. And so she became a Duke on the board of trustees. But um, one good memory of, in, for me in that whole era was Martin Luther King Jr. came and talked one night. You were getting exposure to all kinds of things. Well, exactly. Going to Duke, right? Yeah, it was just, you know, Wilson didn't do that kind of thing. Right. Um, but out, we were all sitting up in the front, in the balcony, and he spoke, and I don't even remember who else was with him, but it was a real entourage, and in the end of it, everybody stood and held hands and sang, we shall overcome. And that was powerful, because... Gotta, all, gotta be one of the most powerful things you've Well, it was. I mean, people were, it was a spontaneous thing. Nobody said, everybody hold hands and do it. It just happened. And... For the first time also, I mean, Raleigh is real close to Wilson, and my family was really good about taking us to Raleigh to hear Perry Como because he was sponsored by um, Chesterfield or mm, whatever, you know, right, Leggett right. Myers, is that, I don't even know what. Sounds right. Whatever, anyway, but they would go and see him every year, and Gene Autry came, anyway. But um, to see that kind of entertainment, and then people like Aretha Franklin and Peter, Paul, and Mary, would come to do. Yeah, they were huge. Ray Charles. It was wonderful. Massive stars. Yes, and just to be, you know, as close as I am to you. Right. Um, that was special. Yeah, super special. And I will say, and Richie would insist that I say, that they also had them over at Chapel Hill. But see, I didn't know him then. <laughs> <laughs> so we did not go over there. And uh, they had a basketball team, too. They, I understand. Mm -hmm. they, they, uh, they did. They, they have a decent history with basketball uh -huh. and beating my alma mater in that Se sport quite a bit. Seven, yeah. seven miles away. So there's a lot of interesting dynamics in the sports world. I mean, it, it is amazing to have two schools that are perennial that good mm -hmm. in one mm -hmm. sport be only seven miles away right. in North Carolina, of all places. Yeah, and they are they're good, and it, it's fun to to be on that campus because there was always something like that going on, whether yeah. it was football or people used to dress up though for football. You didn't have to dress up to go to basketball games. I really, don't, I don't know why that is. Oh, that is weird. Mm -hmm. We dressed up for football games even in the late 80s, yeah. but not for basketball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But it's fun to to be in Ashland right now with the celebration for the basketball team being, you know, winning the national championship at Division Three. but that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Because, you, you, I mean, you have 52 years of memories right. about Randolph-Macon yes. 
Rob, Silent Rob is also here tonight. I, I have memories of playing in the gym over there, going to their basketball mm-hmm. camp, and the fact that Josh and Buzz led that team, and I mentioned their two names because they were National Coach of the Year and National Player of the Year. They've also been on the podcast. Have uh, they really They've both been on the podcast, well, yeah. I, we, we are getting ready. We're in the middle of working on our Ashland Musical Variety Show for this year, which is March 23rd, 24th, 25th. Love it. And we... In 1995, honored Patrick Henry's state championship football team. They won it in '94, uh, and then yeah, the following spring. Right, yeah. and so this year we're going to get the Patrick Henry volleyball team, which has won six state championships. They're unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, in a row. Yeah. Uh-huh. Six in a row. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they might win this one. They're playing. You know. They're already in the state semis now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it might be seven by the time the game. And the Randolph-Macon basketball team, which they don't know yet at Randolph-Macon, but we're going to get them to come <laughs> up, on the, up on the stage. <laughs> but that's exciting to have those two things. And we're going to... Oh, yeah. We Are the Champions will be the song that will... Of course. Es- ...escort them up on the stage. All right. So. I may have asked you this question like 30 years ago, but uh, as I've, I've always wondered how you and Richie uh, got together. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say how we survived Duke and Carolina. <laughs> well, um, that's coming. <laughs> well, I went straight from Duke to Atlanta because I had good friends who were going to go there and to teach and taught for a year, and then I decided I would go and get a master's degree and went to Carolina, <laughs> went to Chapel that, Hill. Does that happen a lot? Duke undergrads going to get master's degrees at UNC? I don't know. I guess it happens. Well, it happened in your case. It anyway. happened in my case. It seems like a good place to go. Sure. Not well, anyway. So, but I had a good time in Atlanta. But and it was a good school, and the people were very nice. But decided this was how I was going to go. Might as well um, do it at this point. And the time my father had a trucking company, he had a truck driver who would go from one apartment to the next, just moving stuff, bless his heart. for <laughs> But it was nice to have help with that. Absolutely. Um, but moved into um, a big high-rise dorm and started classes and took classes with other people. And the last class I took in at Chapel Hill, Richie was in, ah, and so okay. we met there. And then I had already signed a contract to go up to Bel Air, Maryland, to teach. I'm not exactly why. Anyway, it was a good. It was another good school, right. whatever. But I and I'd already signed the contract, right. so I had to go. And he was still finishing up his classes, and I think was ready to just do the comprehend the examinations for his doctorate. And um, so I moved, after we, we finished that, I moved to Bel Air, Maryland for a year and traveled back and forth to Chapel Hill or he came up to Maryland. I'm, I'm asking this question for your grandkids and maybe your kids, your daughters. Uh, did Richie ask you out? Well, we, we sat next to each other in this class, and then after class, we'd always end up going into the pine room, which was a place to eat, and we sort of, you know... Kept, so you were friends? We just, yeah, and we had mutual friends, and we'd go out to basketball games. That was when, I think maybe Charlie Scott was there then, okay. but on Chapel Hill. But he was from Raleigh. He had grown up in Duplin County and then Raleigh, and we... 
you know, pretty much pretty soon started dating. And by the time I moved to Maryland, he was, um, which is where I'd signed a contract to go, um, he, we were pretty close. Yeah. And in fact, got engaged that Christmas. All right. And um, so it'd been about a year. Of you knowing each other. Yeah. 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 Well, when you're old like that, you (laughs) you know, like like a Hallmark TV show. Um, Anyway, and then got married June 21st, 1969. And my impression of you two, y'all have had a wonderful relationship and marriage the whole time. It's, yeah, we were really lucky to have found each other. His family is wonderful and... Um, he has some characters in it too, but you know, makes me feel right at home. <laughs> but, um, and his parents couldn't have been nicer to me, which is wonderful. Yeah, that's and that's a, a, a massively important bonus mm-hmm. when, we, when we that are, works we're out. We're lucky that way. about that, and and we lived in Chapel Hill for the first year of our marriage, and ended up renting an apartment underneath this dentist big house that this Chapel Hill dentist had. Mm. And somebody in Wilson knew about it. Anyway, we um, just stayed there, and I taught in a middle school there. I guess it was a junior high school then, a gifted kids, and and that was interesting. And I was, was Richie saying, finishing up? Yeah, he had yeah. already finished all of his classes. He was in the process of defending his dissertation. Oh, uh, yes. And was interviewing. And um, somebody from Randolph-Macon called his his advisor to see if they had somebody ready to come teach American literature. Hmm. So he went up to Ashland. He has a wonderful story about coming into Ashland and doing his interview and walking onto the campus and realizing it was the town that he had seen from a train when he went up to see his uh, aunt in New neat. Jersey. That's really neat. And it was, yeah, he then was very excited because he loved trains even then. And, oh, wow, okay. And it was a, you know, it's a lovely train ride through a town. Yeah. When you see all that. And, and so he got the job and it's history, you know. Yeah. It was a wonderful place for us to be and for him to teach you. And it was, you know, at the time it was all men, but they quickly met brought in women was there any point where you guys had thought about going anywhere else well once we, he got there it, it was they were not there were not a lot of jobs you know, because it's very specific you had to have a specialty in a certain part of English and um, but it was a good distance from our families it was easy to get down to Wilson or Raleigh, or more importantly, in some ways, Topsail Beach, which yeah. is where Richie's family always went, and we still do. We have a place there, and which is a wonderful place to escape to, Family Beach. But um, I, we, it was a good Ashland. Be, was very attractive, just because of what it still is. You know. When did you feel like you were from Ashland? Ooh, well. I interviewed for a teaching job, and um, we moved up here into the, the house I described to you. Yeah. And um, but I chose I interviewed for Enrico in Hanover, and um, Hanover had just banned to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. To me. I had taught to kill a mockingbird in North Carolina, Maryland. You know, 
everywhere I George, you know, yeah. Atlanta. And um, I thought, I'm not going to teach in a system that has banned to kill a mockingbird. I wouldn't either. So I went to Hermitage High School and taught for three years. But after, at the end of the three years, I was pregnant and with daughter Susan and stopped teaching and um, was soon after appointed to the school board. Oh, that was quick. Which was, I think it was in 1976. Anyway, I That was really quick, right? Yeah. And was. this is the school board for the school system that you didn't want to teach in. Correct. Which was interesting, but did they, you almost turn that down? I turned it down. I, not the not the not school, school board, because by then I I knew that it was a way I could still be involved in something that was so important to me. And you know, Nana Peace was the board of Supervi- was the supervisor who appointed me, and right. and the schools were very were poised to get just really turn you know only better and better. And that was exciting to be a part of that process. Um, and I could manage it with one and then two years later another one, daughters. Right. And Miss Carr, thank God, lived next door to us on James Street. And mm-hmm. she could come over for babysitting. Did y'all remember Miss Carr? She, I remember the name. Mr. Rome, she lived upstairs in Mr. Rome's house. Anyway, um, no, it was a wonderful way to be involved in something that made a difference. And they, by the way, did away with the band of To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, I had, oh they, my gosh. They didn't, I can't take no credit to that. That was something that they did. I think Harper Lee wrote them a letter. and Oh, really? Yeah, it's a wonderful letter from her. Oh, do we, ha- is that somewhere? Yeah, I've got it somewhere because I did a paper on it at one point. You don't have the original. No, no, but just have a copy of yeah, it. Yeah, but still, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And they, it was put back into the school system, needless to say. Oh, yeah, you of know, course. It's just one of those things like can happen. Silly little moments in time, yeah. How did you and Nina connect? Um, well, her husband, Carl Peace, taught at Randolph-Macon in mathematics, and I guess we sort of were we were pregnant at the same time and got to meet through Randolph-Macon activities. And <clears throat> Nana, I'm sure if you remember her, was easy to get to know because she was very open. and um, She had a big personality. Big, big, larger than life, and she was very interested in improving things. And she lived up in Maryland, you know, had a much more worldly um, background than a lot of people who lived here um, but I already had had Susan and was pregnant with Jane Forbes and went into the hospital to have Jane Forbes when Nina went into the no I had gallstones Jane Forbes I always say she having her <laughs> divide anyway had gallstones and had to have after she was born Ten days later, I or I guess it was ten days later. I don't remember. Anyway, soon after, I had to have my gallbladder removed, which was a major operation. Then it right. was, you know, they didn't have the whatever you call it. The, Where they break it up. Uh huh. Yeah. Anyway, so when I was in St. Mary's having the gallbladder operation, Nina came in to have Chris, and so my father sitting in my hospital room, keep t- keeping me company. And Carl Pease, who had 
was from Statesboro, Georgia, which was one of the places that Daddy always went during the tobacco market mm. with the trucking, uh, whatever, Statesboro. So he and Carl talked about Statesboro the whole time poor Nina was having the baby, and I was there getting red, getting over this, ma- this massive... Serious surgery, uh, yeah. Serious surgery at the time. But one of those memories that you think... So I knew Chris when he was literally a few minutes old. I was going to say minutes old, yeah. Yeah, or at least saw him from afar, and continued to be good friends which, with Nina. She was quite... A good friend. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, that's uh, Randolph Macon is, is and was a very tight community. It's been that way uh-huh. my entire life, and I it sounds like before. Well, he, I think they gave Richie the job of being in charge of the Washington Literary Society. I guess they give new people those things, but that meant he was had to bring in. There was some money to bring in mm. writers and poets and whatever, and that's fun too. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, to, Go places and whatever. What's your fondest memory of being on the school board? Because you're you're the longest serving school board member in our county's history, I think. Probably the first yeah. woman, and then the first. Oh, and, I didn't realize you were the first woman as well. Mm-hmm. First woman and thirty six. Thirty six years. years. Yeah. Um, fondest memory. There were so many. We had so many good people that worked for us. I served with. J.K. Samples, Steve Baker, Stuart Robertson, Jamel Wilson. Who did I leave out? Oh. It sounds like probably a few, but I don't worry about it. <laughs> that would be bad. But Stuart and Jamel were the last ones that I worked with, and just amazing. Um, there were lots of good things that happened. The school system was um, became stronger and stronger and had good opportunities for improvements um, and people were serious about it wonderful teachers your mother being one of them mm. you know she taught both of our girls in kindergarten oh, Henry Clay uh-huh. they, she wasn't allowed to teach me which is probably a good thing for both of us <laughs> and she was outstanding as we still and still have wonderful teachers yeah, I mean, I, I went to Hanover County Public Schools kindergarten through seventh grade, and I have great memories mm-hmm. of, of growing up in that and system. I've, it was good for them to be um, in a, a school system that had lots of different kinds of students and opportunities and all, and they both went to Carolina and did what fine, you know, in their future careers and whatever, so... Susan's working for Marsh McLennan, a big, anyway. No, no, we, we, let's talk about Susan and Jane Forbes. Well, they're both wonderful. Um, she's a, Susan's the oldest, and she um, lives in England, works for Marsh remotely through the D.C. office. Okay. Where she worked, she, she lived in Maryland for several years, and... And she still does that. She has three children. I don't know how she survives all of that. And um, they're wonderful. Um, they still have their house in Maryland, but they now live in England. Did she marry a Brit? No. She married a Alabama man okay. who was a physician. Okay. And now he is uh, in charge of built an organization that was developed by Bill Gates and countries all several places and to prevent pandemics in mm. 2015 before we heard of the pandemic right and so they moved to England I'm not sure you know exactly 
why England, but anyway, there he has an office in London, but he has okay. some in D.C. too. So uh, yeah, well, England's a pretty neat place, it's, and it's good, and they've taken good advantage of it in terms of traveling because it's easy to travel everywhere. You can go to lots there. of neat they, places. They in can Europe. go where, whereas we would go to New York at the same time. They can go to Paris or wherever. So, and they do, and they have three children. Jane Larkin has just graduated from high school last year. We all went to, to the graduation, and which was nice. Um, and she's, I'm very delighted she's in school in this country. She's up at Wellesley mm. and has been there now for several months. Well, since August 31st. A while. Yeah. A while. We were glad that she chose to do that, and I think it's a good fit for it. It's a really good strong school and she's a good strong student but not an extrovert she's mm. you know and but she we went up and they had parents weekend and the, her family's all the parents are all in england so richie and i did a long day on did i tell you this on the train on friday and she came over and stayed with us on friday night and then saturday we did the program and all and people like madeline albright Hmm. went went there right. and, and she's endowed some professors and so the ambassador from Britain spoke that morning and we just talked about diplomacy and how that all works and a lot of the women there are obviously very successful graduates or whatever that's great which yeah. was nice and then we came back on the train for another nine hours on <laughs> Sunday but that's it was worth it to get to be with see her and, oh, me, and meet her friends and she's we think it feels like a good match now thomas on the other hand is the next he's a senior this year and he is he spent the summer looking at colleges which was his excuse to see the united states Mm -hmm. of america he went everywhere looking at colleges and he's another he's very strong student very interested in politics and he's finishing up his applications and he'll gosh only knows where he'll go but he he'll they'll be lucky to get him just like wellesley's lucky are you hoping he ends up somewhere near we yeah he's georgetown is one of his okay schools which would be awfully nice but uh, you know up the east coast of course he's been to chicago he's been up to new england so who knows what he'll do or where he go you know right who knows? And then there's Kate, who is, um, she's in middle school, so she's still in England, but she's wonderful, too. They all are. And they really like coming to Topsail Beach and spending time there. Then Jane Forbes is in Greensboro. Okay. And she followed her parents in being an educator. Okay. And she taught, and then she had Emma Forbes, and since then she's been working and I'm not exactly, she does it all from home, and she seems to be, have a office leadership. I'm not sure what exactly her, she deals with safety things in a construction company. Okay, home. all right. And she works hard, and I'm sure they're lucky to have her, because she's smart and good, too. Um, but Emma Forbes is her oldest child, their oldest child, she and Joey. And um, Joey's in business with his father, that, a textile thing that, in Greensboro, and um, Emma Forbes is, is just there, and he, she's really close to Thomas and Jane Larkin, which is nice. Not long after Jane Larkin came, left and went off to college, Emma 
Forbes called us the other the next week, and she said she had Friday off. She said, I'd, I'd like to take the train up and spend the weekend with you all. And what more could you oh, ask? grandkids said that? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, it was just wonderful. We said, of course, we're because the train wasn't going to stop in Ashland. So I went to Staples Mill and got her, and yeah. she's learned that she can do that, and it's wonderful. And yeah. She's great about just all the kids love Ashland, and they love the trains. Thomas, and he had a friend who goes to the school, Tassis, the school they go to in England, who lives in, his family lives in Annapolis, and they all came for five days over Christmas just to be able to be in, um, no, it was this summer, like right at the end of the school year. I couldn't, I mean, the summertime before they all went back to school. And the kids would just go out for walks. None of them drive. They don't drive in England, so, you know, but they would walk up to um, crack, uh, what is a, a waffle place? And just, they loved... The waffle House. Waffle House. Yeah. They loved, they just loved the train thing. They are totally, especially the two boys, Thomas and there are buddy. Lot, there are a lot of train fans that come to Ashland. And just hang out. And they wanted to sit at the Iron Horse and eat. They like to sit anywhere they can eat and watch trains. Suzanne, you name it, they are very happy. Which is an entertainment form who would think it <laughs> you know in the summertime they have to go king's dominion is another attraction but sure. um you know they really like to be here and we've gotten real comfortable with letting them do things and emma force when she was here i mean we just walked around and one of the things she's doing she just finished um, middle school and so she's finally in high school and she is in a high school for the performing arts. Mm. And I thought, that's great. She can sing and she can play the guitar and everything. But her specialty is music production, which means she learns how to do all this kind of sound stuff. And she could... She's an audio expert, effectively. I guess. Yeah. Audio and sound. Uh, light and sound. Oh, so video, visual I as think. well. Okay. I I'm not sure. But we walked down through the college to see what Nancy Hugo's Osage Orange, there's a Osage Orange mm-hmm. tree. Yeah. You know about Osage mm-hmm. Oranges? Well, and now we all do. We're experts because of Nancy. And we were walking back, and Hanover Arts and Activities Center was having some festival or something. And um, Jim Jones, a, guy, a bunch of guys who play in the pit band for our show, were setting up a thing there. And Emma Forbes just was fascinated. She and Jim and all these guys that were setting up chords, and they had this conversation that I was not an expert about. And so, but I enjoyed watching them interact and get ready for their production. So, you know, people can get real jobs to doing that kind of thing. And she probably loves it, too. And she loves it. Yeah. You know, she's now saying that, that she might be a part of the band, but maybe not. But for high school, that's nice to have that kind oh, of yeah. skill. So anyway. That's great. So, and there is, um, her sister is Susan, I should mention her, because she also likes to ride horses. So we have that. She's, she's, she's the one. She's the one who. It's genetic, perhaps. Possibly, yeah. yeah. She, but I can't, she does jumping and everything. I don't. Because she's, over, well, she's up, living in Greensboro. She's in Greensboro, but they But have, that's Virginia. That is much more Virginia, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but she's she's wonderful, and all the kids love to be together and love to be at Topsail, and so we were. It's a nice thing that attracts them. Even over Christmas, they like to 
go there for New Year's, which is fun. Yeah, I, I'm not a grandparent, uh, but I imagine... I recommend it. It sounds like a good gig. Uh, it, I, I imagine one of the things you think about a lot is how can I attract my kids and my grandkids to spend some time with us? And being a topsail is mm-hmm. one, one of the, certainly one Trains of those ways. and topsail. Yeah. They, they both who, work. Who would think? They both work that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, though. Last year, when we, at over New Year's, who would think that the part of the entertainment would be singing all the songs from Hamilton? Just play the ha- soundtrack, and everybody, all the kids knew. All the- yeah, it was phenomenal. I mean, across generations. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was amazing. All right, Ashland Music Variety Show. When was the first year? Eighty-two. That, and you were a part of it. Mm-hmm. You were a big part of it. Harold Wright and I started it. Harold Wright uh, it was a taught drama, drama at PH. At, right, exactly. Yeah. He, well, I was in a couple of his plays when I was a younger kid. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what were you in? I was... Uh, Susan the, was in Sound of Music. So was I. Mm-hmm. No, I was in the, with her. With, uh-huh. She was the... The youngest. The youngest, and I was... I played the second oldest, even though I was the second uh, youngest. I Remember that high-pitched part uh-huh. that Friedrich has to sing? Uh-huh. I had to do that. Did you do that? And I'll just tell you this story real quickly. Condi Hopkins, uh-huh. God rest her soul, was sitting in the front row when I my voice broke, and I, I could hit that high note, mm-hmm. and she thought it was the funniest thing mm-hmm. she had ever <laughs> witnessed. And it, and I, I couldn't take my eyes I off I wish of. we had a video of that. Uh, thank goodness we do not. Oh, I wish. No, yeah. the whole thing. Su- Susan. I remember Su- yes, Susan saying, was the youngest. Yeah, that's awesome. It's time to go. I cannot tell a lie. Whatever. Yeah, right. And then she was the last one to go. Or, I don't know. Yeah. But that was fun. I forgot Susan and I were in that play. And they did, also did um, Oliver. I was. And they, uh, were you in Oliver, too? I was orf- too? orphan number 17. Well, she was an orphan, too. <laughs> <laughs> but so Harold had made his contributions in drama Absolutely. at Patrick Henry. And so when they were looking for some way to raise money at the Hanover Arts and Activity Center, I'm not uh-huh. quite sure how. Oh, I know. We were sitting in Nancy Hugo's kitchen, Roseanne Schauf and Nancy Hugo and I, and we were saying, sort of like Judy Garland would say to Mickey Rooney, let's put on a show. Mm. Yeah. And we started doing it, and it sort of grew. And Harold was the obvious person to help with his drama background. And that was so we did it in 82, 83, and every odd year since until the pandemic. So, so that's right. It was every other year. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's become a real love affair for you, I imagine. Yeah. It has been for quite some time now. Well, it's, it is interesting because we've, the last show we've had now has been 2017. Oh, and then we couldn't. We tried to do a virtual one in 2019, yeah. but we could not even justify getting people together to rehearse. Mm. You couldn't get, you know, you just couldn't put people in a room singing and dancing, and just we were afraid we would be exposing people to, because the cast has traditionally 400 people in it. Yeah, this was in 2020 or 2020? 20, um, no. The last time we did a show was 2017. Okay. And we did a, Lori Foley and I did a thing at the Ashland Theater with videos. Oh, got it. Um, when we couldn't do a show in 2019. But then we thought about trying to do something virtual in 21, and it was just too scary to get people together, even yeah. to stand. I mean, you can't do well anyway. It wouldn't have worked. No, yeah. it was just not worth the effort. And but it's the, coming back next year. It's coming back, and um, 
was telling Rob coming over here tonight, I've, there's still a lot to be done. Oh, I imagine it's nerve-wracking. There's well, a lot to put one, together. Yes, there are a lot of movable parts, and there are lots of people. And people, you know, are genuinely tend to be just wonderful about working together. And through the years, we've had some some experiences. Most of the experiences have been really very positive. But when you get that many people singing and dancing together, they're very important bonds and relationships sure. that develop. Oh, yeah. And we, in casting the show, we deliberately try to put people together who are not necessarily just their own little friends. Wide, little wide, widens their eyes, makes them exactly. a little more worldly. Yeah. And this year, particularly because of all the realities of the the COVID and the pandemic and real serious health stuff, we're going to try to focus on in some way. And when the people sign up for the show, invite them to turn over to the back page and write something about what the show has meant to you. That's great. In terms of, we talk, I always talk about it, community building through the arts. And that's really stretching arts because we do have some people who are really talented. And we have a lot of people who have a good time and, you know, enjoy it. And Rob can tell you about some of his experiences on stage <laughs> in various get-ups. Can, can I ask Rob a quick question yes. about the, the uh, variety show? Rob, when you participated in the variety show, did you do it because you love being on stage, or did you uh, feel forced at any point to do it? Rob is uh, Rob definitely, is definitely not, and I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so. Rob and his family were wonderful. They're huge. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's been true of a lot of. I mean, we were just talking about a lot of great families. That, yeah, 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 a lot of families that have done lots of things, and it's. You know, it's all ages of family members. And and to be able to sh- have that shared experience on stage, but backstage and off stage. And so this, we're trying to, I'm looking at this because I'm still trying to work out how we're going, you know, we try not to have to show you that you have to bring a sleeping bag, uh, which is not easy when you got 400 people in the show. Right. But trying to end the show on some note about, you know, what I did for love because you really do develop friendships. You can go into Food Lion most any time and run into people who are glad to see each other. Right. Because right. we did some gospel number or did some crazy tap number or whatever that you might not see otherwise. All ages of people. Can can you give me an evaluation of Stop in the Name of Love from the very first variety show? <laughs> I was just about to ask how that. how you would uh, well, you give us a review. I of was that, not that. in the original Purple Dress. It was Audrey Reynolds, um, someone called Bonnie Benton, and Betty Carol <laughs> Stevenson, and I've forgotten the one in the back's name. I think it was Brenda. Yeah, Brenda something. Yeah, Brenda something. And then Bonnie, the next year, Bonnie did not, maybe it was the next year or the next year. Anyway, Bonnie was the first one that dropped out, and so I got the job of the Bonnie's job. You were Bonnie for the second time around. The second time around, maybe. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, do you remember the sons of the original four? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. It's, With your hairy arms. Oh, my gosh. So every time you raised your arms. Our mothers put us in blonde wigs. Oh, I, that dress. That dress and the blonde wigs are under my bed in the guest room. Really? 
waiting to be used. <laughs> but there's a red dress, too. In fact, I had a conversation with your mother this week about who's going to do some work on the blonde wig so that they can be worn. <laughs> but one of the things that Betty Carroll wrote somewhere, and you know, because we've lost so many important people in recent years, including Betty Carroll, but she wrote something about, um, you know, the most ex- one of the most exciting things that had happened to her was when you jump out with oh, that it's dress an awesome, yeah. and the response from the audience. People are howling because howling. they've never seen anything <laughs> like that. So it's fun to do, and I look forward. We're going to do it again. Good, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, do you think I've I've only one, worn makeup one time in my life, and it was for that, do you, that particular do you, act. Do you? If you can get me to talk into this microphone. <laughs> Sounds like I'm being recruited, baby. I, I've uh, not had any talent my entire life or anything that so, puts so you on a stage. Talent is not a request <laughs> yeah. requirement. That's why I'm in it. Talent's not a requirement. Yeah. But you know, it was, I won't even go into it. There the then real interesting uh, desires on whether, you know, old, young, male, female, you know, just buddies. But everybody's had such a good time. I think doing that number, oh, yeah. it's I, it's just such a I had a, I had a great time. So silly. Yeah. It's true silliness. Yeah, and I, I appreciate mm-hmm. and enjoy silliness. But it, we we think it will be in the lineup. I love it. I I, I will come just for that one act. Well, it's worth it. And Absolutely. somebody, Linda and I were talking. Come because you'll be doing it. So. <laughs> But we were talking about the fact somebody said, well, we can get singers, and we can get singers because we also have this Hanover Idols, and we do have mm. some really good singers who could sing, who could be the Supremes, but I'm not sure. It's so nice to know that you've got it exactly, you know, the way you do. Oh, it's amazing. It's choreographed very well. I, 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 at that point I, I mean we were 15 16 years old i didn't admit that i enjoyed it but i had a i had a blast well, doing that. it's the best time on stage to see an audience react so vigorously you, you and i are a handful uh-huh. of people that, that uh-huh. know what that's in the like. whole world <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and it's it's fun i've seen that video and i and i remember the audience and how they react mm-hmm. and then uh Recently, we did things that didn't quite reach that level, but like I remember doing the synchronized swimming uh, uh, that we did mm-hmm. was. It's a I mean, it's very like similar. It's just yeah, you get such a reaction, and it's just and it's worth it. It really is. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun. And I think the cast probably has as much or more fun than the audience in many cases. Yeah. Well, and you're putting as many people on stage that can fit in the the theater there, right? Or yes, the and the, the college has just re, redone. The whole performing arts area, it's which gorgeous. is really nice. It's yes. gorgeous. And so we're hopeful that we can use the sound system and the, I mean, we can use it. And they've got the, Randolph-Macon is the only college in Virginia that has a show choir. Mm. And Blackwell is the home of the show choir. Right. So we're working with Alan, Adam Polliver, who is in cho- the show choir person. And um They've got wonderful risers. We don't have to be lugging if you've had that experience backstage, lugging those risers in and out so everybody could be seen. And they extended the stage, too. They pushed uh-huh, it out a little uh-huh. bit. But we've got to figure out having the the pit for our band, which is a good size because the, the pit for the band yeah. is sort of under some of that extended stage. Oh, 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 oh. I did not know that. Okay. Well, um, 
we can figure it out. Have your grandkids been to the oh, variety yes. show? Oh, uh-huh. yes. The English ones are trying to figure out how they can go. <laughs> I don't know how that'll work. <laughs> we'll see, but they like it. And uh, we have to mention Chris Dahl is showing. She is show here. What, what, does she, what does she do for the variety show? She is the backbone of the variety show. She doesn't know that she has that job again this year, but she's <laughs> she's trying to sort of slip away. But she's see, had a, enough of a break to get over the. She's had quite the break. Break, and it was yeah. nice of her to take her time to get restored and ready. Yeah, she should to, be well rested. R- well rested to. The, she prefers to be in an administrative backstage thing, but, but it's time that she joins her husband in some of the on-stage things as well as the backstage I, things. I think that's right. That I think right. that's only, and she's so good at it. I mean, she really is. I have to uh, tell you're you. You're the authority here. Yes, but I'm saying that there there are people in our world who don't, the audience has no idea, like Chris and Rob, who just make something like doing the variety show totally worthwhile because not just because of the friendships that you form there. I mean, and you know, was friends with Rob's mother, but it to get to know the whole family and be together for the time, which is pretty intense during the course of rehearsals and all. And then you, there's a bond that develops during that period, and you just don't. It's very, it's unique. Yeah, it's tr- truly musically you know doing silly stuff and getting to see these kids grow like they do is fun and wonderful yeah, they're, they're kids that were pre-teens uh-huh. doing it back in the 80s that uh-huh. are and in their 40s and 50s it's now. they're not there are a lot of not many opportunities to get to sing in a choir with all these different people different abilities and whatever some people can barely Hit a note, but it doesn't matter. I mean, you're, you're describing my entire family. No, not true, <laughs> not true. It's but it's worth being going through the whole pro. The process is certainly as important as the final result. And I, th- I think most of it's fun. Yes, we try not. It can't be high stress. It has to be something that we can all learn, sort of. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't. Somebody who's never put on a pair of tap shoes would not nat- naturally choose to be in a tap number. But, you know, we can, there are always opportunities. The last show we did, I can't believe this was one of the last ones, I think it was, um, did Brick House a song, I think was a song mm-hmm. we were yep. singing. I think Kelly and Clark Mercer had just moved to town. I believe that's right, yeah. And we were doing. A little choreography which they got into very easily and quickly and people were sort of having a moment in the spotlight coming down doing was it brick house i think it was anyway i remember wearing the brick cardboards on my feet <laughs> so, <yeah>. of course <laughs> you did <laughs> rob's a gamer he's up for all kinds of fun anyway stuff. so at the end of that number then i clark has told me this several times since he said he could not believe it that I said, now let's stop and let's all sing the Ashland song. And they looked at each other and they said, the Ashland song? You know, <laughs> we live in a town that has a song and, you know, 400 people know it. It's probably at that moment he realized he was in the center of the universe. He, he learned it very fast. <laughs> he was a quick study, but that is fun. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And unique. All right, so when you think of Ashland, oh. and, and we've talked about 
a lot of things that scream Ashland. But when you think about Ashland, what are a couple of mm. your fondest memories outside of the things we've already talked about? Well, I think it's special also because there is it is a college town, mm-hmm. and we are lucky to have the the things that happen here, whether it's basketball or you know whatever. Um, Richmond Symphony coming here. Just there's always something and somebody who's speaking or whatever. And the college is always in, very welcoming to people. Um, I just think that there are, are ways that we can get together, whether it's the Untold Stories program that brings people together. Um, there are a lot of people who are very serious about trying to preserve the story of Ashland. The Ashland Museum is uh, does has these wonderful programs with people who talk about whatever it is, how you research your the, the kind of home you have and what mm. your home you know, or um, people who've made a difference and. Uh, in the history of not just Ashland but Hanover County, we have Hanover Idols who are people who really can sing. Right, it's a competition. We don't do competitions for the show. God, thank God, can you imagine? It is meant to be entertaining and fun, not uh-huh, competitive. Uh-huh. But the people who are Amy Mines, Derek Hyde, and some of the Aunt Audrey Kate and um, what is it? I should not talk about the people without naming all the names. But anyway, there, there is real talent here. And some of them will come back. Max Cook may come back and do something. And, I mean, be a part of the serious music. I don't mean serious, but... The, no, the, I, I get who you. Can, yeah, yeah. You know, he had the lead in the opera at his college. So That's pretty unusual. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's reaching a height that most people don't get to. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the opposite of this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But all talent is. I, I've never heard Rob sing, and I'm guessing there's a reason for that. But <laughs> hey, I was in choir four years. Uh, Rob, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hear that because t- I won't sing in the variety show. Tell us a little bit more about uh, un- untold stories. <laughs> we, um, I, I can't remember maybe how many times we've done it, but every February, it's it's sort of what are we going to do to do something that is part of Black history, but it focuses on the whole dynamics of of people of color and whatever and um had a group together and tom wolf is just a real treasure for this town he has done quite deliberately gone and sat down with people who have since died but has just fabulous videos of their talking whether it's dorothy and um, Dorothy Jones and Louise Jones over at their house and so doing what you're doing but with the video part of it too right. but um, so we wanted to get it on tape but at the same time have people deliberately deal with some issues that other unless you t- verbalize it you don't know how people felt and what happened you don't improve your understanding in the world of anything and the world doesn't get a little bit better because of exactly it. Yeah. exactly so um and we, I, I can't even remember maybe when we did the first show but we've been doing it for some years and do it for a long time we were doing it either at the Hanover Arts and Activity Center or in a church but last the last show was in at Patrick Henry which felt really good maybe, yeah. because that's where 
you know we can the color guard can present the colors and it just feels like we had students who were um, had questions that they could interview the panelists later and some teachers would give them an assignment and they could learn something about great. that came out of the discussion because it's to know real people evidently there was a walkout um, in the 60s at Patrick Henry I've mm. never heard of and two guys who experienced it in their personal way or have agreed to be on the panel that's and, great and just tell what they remember and yeah. nobody checks facts i mean what you remember is important for your experience it's their memory it. yeah. exactly and so um it'll be, it will be good we've gotten the permission to do it now we've just got to get it straight and <laughs> that'll be great but i got i think we've got our our panel someone called me today and said she would do it so three male three female three black three white and um, with Jamel Wilson doing the closing comments, and she's hard to to beat because she's so she's just great. She's good at articulating everything. We'll have a community gospel choir for that too. I think Donnie Morris is going to do it, but I'm not sure. I shouldn't say that because I haven't. He hasn't. I mean, I think we just committed him here on the podcast. Maybe to, we to did. I don't know. We'll see. I think <laughs> John Gordon was going to talk to him. I think. I'll talk to him too. Will you good? Oh, absolutely. I'll ask John if he's gotten a guess, and if he hasn't, I'll let you know. Okay. Because yeah. he's good, you know. Absolutely. All right, so, Rob, do you want to ask the uh, the fun question we tend to ask towards the, the end of this? Sure. So this is um, just a question to kind of thought-provoke you and see what you come up with. So <laughs> it's, not, um, it's not a test. Not a test. Uh, so, so, you know, like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, one of them is sick and you've been hired to host their TV show oh, for one night and one night only, and you are going to interview a male, a female, a musical act, and if you are interested, you can also do a comedian. And they can be alive. These are, you get to pick these guests. You get to pick these guests. They can be alive or dead. They, this oh. can be for uh, a big famous show. It can be personal. It can be for whatever reason you want. Fun. Yeah, thought provoking, whatever you want it to be, so or all of the above. One male, one. This female. is meant to be a little bit more revealing about about you. you. Yeah. And Rob and I will sing while you're thinking if you want us to. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> Start. <laughs> Rob did throw out four years of singing in college. Yeah, you can ask Chris now. That voice has changed a lot. So. Lord, um, hmm. If I were going to have my own TV show with an unlimited supply of of people, dead or alive, you said. Yeah, but yeah. one male. You can have, you can have two of each if you want, but one male, one female, one musical act, and then like a. But can be dead or alive. Dead or alive. Yes. Yep. Well, my favorite thing that we've done recently, and I'm sort of embarrassed because it's abundance of riches, is the Music Man that's on Broadway. Um, Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster of the stars of it and Richie had always loved Music Man and um, so I tried to get and got tickets for it for him it's his birthday and then they kept postponing the show for the pandemic and finally it was a year before we could get to it which was wonderful and then when Jane Larkin went off to Wellesley we had to drive up there she, she said well can't we just spend the night and 
in New York on the way because you have to rest when you're traveling. So we did that, and she and Susan and I went to see Music Man again. And then um, this Thanksgiving, um, Emma Forbes and Susan, Greensboro people, and we're going to do Music Man again, which is a little abundance. I shouldn't be saying all of that, but it is truly a gift, the whole experience is. And so if I were going to interview somebody musical, it would be fun to talk to Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. She's about the best dancer, tap dancer. So those are your male and female? Yeah. Are they also performing for you on your show? They can. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Oh, yes, they would perform a number. It's your your show? Yeah, it would be a good number. They They will be through the middle of January, so they could come down for the Ashley Musical Variety Show. There it is. And then we'd have to um, have the shows. And you can do the talk show. And you can record uh-huh, here, and we'll uh-huh, figure out video. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And yeah. then the audiences at Blackwell would be <laughs> wrapped around. I don't know that we could tell anybody that Hugh Jackman was in yeah. my, my house. Right. <laughs> no, I think the he has a real following. He's just charming, and the, the whole cast is just wonderful. He's one of the ten most famous people on earth, probably, at this point. Well, He's yeah. He's done a lot, that's for sure. Yeah. And provokes, I don't know what it is. He just has this charisma that is amazing. And she's, she's similar. So anyway, so that would be in terms of a musical okay. guest. I like that. Although, you know, there, I wouldn't mind seeing James Taylor again and having, he has, uh, he and Carol King. James is still going, right? I know. He, yeah, we saw him in the Coliseum in, in Richmond and, He's one of these people, if you ever go to his concert, he he stands on the stage at intermission and signs record, label, oh. know, vinyl, which is really neat. A I sweetheart mean, of a guy, right? He yeah. is, yeah. And we saw him do something in D.C. with Carol King, and the two of them together are just a die for because they both they're did both back pow- up. They're both powerhouses. Yeah, they are. So James, they would be. James came to King's Dominion a couple Kings Dominion. A did couple he times. really? Mm-hmm. Saw him there, yep. We're trying to we we were trying to get audience participation in this year's variety show and things like Sweet Caroline would be good. Do you think we could get mm-hmm. Neil Diamond to come? I don't think he'll do that. <laughs> so um, uh, we tell about the train tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it will work. So but so that that right, that's a great musical act. What, okay. what about what about your male and female? Now remind me what this. It can be any any, any male any female. Dead or alive, famous, not famous. It can be a, a friend of yours. It can be the a most famous member. person on earth. It can be whatever you want it to be. Well, I would have to say some of my relatives that would, if dead relatives would be, you okay. know, it would be nice to have Richie and me both see our parents. Okay. And talk. All right. Yeah. They, yeah your parents passed a while ago. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be great to have them back. Mm hmm. And you'd have a lot of uh, fun uh-huh. things to talk would about. Would not be boring. Love for them to be see these kids. Yeah, no. They totally. only saw them as babies. Yeah, it's hard to keep four generations going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, that was my answer last week. Was my what? dad? Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Uh, tell us what what you and Richie have going on these days. Oh Lord. Well, Richie is a consummate and wonderful gardener. He's very persnickety. In fact, 
the irony that I'm in the garden club and he's the one who does all the gardening and has all the ideas. But I was, and Jamel Wilson is another serious gardener, and I was talking to her this week about something. Oh, I know about doing this until stories thing. And I was sitting in the sun porch, and I love to look out. We have a huge magnolia tree in the backyard. And when, the year we moved to this house, in 1974, um, I went to Roses and for some reason bought a, this magnolia tree for a dollar and a half and put it in the yard. And it's thrived. And it's thrived and it's you know huge and beautiful. But it's the only thing that I've ever contributed to the entire <laughs> yard for a dollar and a half. Now, did, Sounds like it's the centerpiece of the backyard. Well, no. But I was talking to Jamel, and she's a serious gardener like Richie is, and they talk serious gardening. But um, it was fun to think about that kind of, um, I don't know, I don't know why I thought of that, but it's a, a positive thought about where we live and what we He enjoys we do. doing it, and you enjoy it. And he enjoys it. And you enjoy it. He's, he's a good, good beach. You know, we love same kind of things we love topsail beach and love the family that goes with it um which is his family and it's not a boring family neither of our families were boring we did we have a scheduled for the fourth of july week and different events and family and there are about six or seven cottages of his family that full so they're probably 50 or so people but this past year we had expanded our deck a little bit so we could do things outside more so we had a lasagna dance party and <laughs> who it, doesn't like a good lasagna dance party <laughs> exactly and the kids our our children from 18 to 8 i guess were we had one of the older cousins had the sounds of, i mean he could you know just be the disc jockey right and um we danced, and the kids danced. It was really fun to see some of them. Thomas, you know, he's now 6'2", but I'd never seen him, you know, shake his hips and carry on and dance and sing along. It was really fun to have all the children. Gener- it's a great memory. Yes, a good memory. And then, but we kept getting carried away. And would you believe at 11.45, guess who walked up the front deck? Huh. The police. <laughs> a neighbor. <laughs> had called but the noise ordinance says you can you, you know until midnight yeah. or 11 o'clock maybe it was 11 o'clock but yeah. they you know we we had turned off the music back then it was some renters in a neighbor's house <laughs> but we thought oh my gosh but the kids are eager to have another lasagna dance party they should it sounds like the first one was a good one <laughs> <laughs> good. just singing and dancing together again like the variety show there's yeah. a there's something to be said for that kind of. It bring, it brings out a spirit that doesn't come out. Right, and there's no no, you know, competition or or whatever. It's it's you're, good. You're all there to enjoy it together. Yes, and and fortunately, you can do it outside at the beach at night when it isn't so hot. But anyway. Well, so I will say this: every time I see you and Richie, I, I, I smile, and I haven't seen you guys nearly enough. I, I saw you a ton when I was younger, but well, not that's so much. You were in, you moved east. Uh, not too far east, though. But I don't. I come into town, I see my parents, and then I, I, I zip back to where I live. Uh, and of course, we have three kids, and I have a job, and all that. But um, you and Richie make a lot of people happy, and I'm very appreciative you. of you doing this tonight. Well, I really am. 
you're very welcome. I don't think I um I have no idea that anybody would be interested except um I can think of some grandkids and well, some a couple grandchildren of grandchildren would, yes, and that would be fine. And I think a lot of people that you have served the community with well, I will check this out too. We just gotta tell them about it. <laughs> if you we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get Chris and Rob and, and I will certainly work well, on that. Thank you. You all are very generous and very kind and make you feel like we haven't made absolute fools of ourselves <laughs> in the process. We may have, but who cares? No, we did not. We were we were good tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com.